This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. It's continuing mission to explore strange new worlds. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Hello everyone and welcome. Welcome to Engage. The official Star Trek podcast. I am your host, Jordan Hoffman. It is a pleasure to be inside of your ears once again. Thanks, everybody, for listening to last week's show, where we finally, after years of talking about it, of thinking about it, got audio of uh, the One Trek Mind live panel from one of the conventions. And if you didn't listen to last week's show, you really should. It's a really fun, I think it's fun, uh, time of me uh and the crowd screaming and yelling about star trek characters (laughs) carrying on like lunatics that's what makes the conventions fun speaking of conventions this week many of you will be in birmingham england um i will not be in birmingham england this week um I screwed up. I bought an airline ticket to Birmingham, Alabama. No, no, no. I'm joking. Um, I, I was hoping to go to Destination Star Trek Europe. I'd been to the last one, uh, which was in London. But, uh, you know, you can't be everywhere. You can't do everything at once, and sometimes uh, life steps in. So I was not able to come this time, but I hope to be at the next one. I don't know where it will be. Uh, they've had them in London now twice. There was one in, I believe, Dusseldorf. Is that really a place? Dusseldorf, Germany? That almost sounds like a joke. Dusseldorf. If it wasn't Dusseldorf, it was some other German city. Frankfurt. You know, it wasn't Frankfurt. It wasn't in Dusseldorf. I apologize to the Dusseldorfians listening. It was in Frankfurt, Germany. Um, And now it's in Birmingham, England, which has been described to me by someone who grew up in Birmingham, England, as the Pittsburgh of England, which is fine. I like Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is nice. All right, so what are we talking about this week? Hey, listen, this week's uh, episode is a little bit more serious than most. Um, And in fact, we had recorded something that we were planning to run this week um, due to an anniversary of something, but we're pushing it off till next week. It's not that big of a deal because something big happened in the world of Star Trek and the zeitgeist. Star Trek and the now. We are currently, as you are probably aware, in the middle of a very contentious, more contentious than usual, presidential campaign. You know what I love about this is that in just a few weeks, what I'm saying right now is going to be uh, irrelevant because the, the, the election will be over 
and we could all take a deep breath. The election will be over, and Hillary Clinton will be the president-elect, and we can all take a deep, deep sigh of relief. But for now, uh, it's still a little hectic. It's still a little um, nerve-wracking to be, I wanted to say an American, but really to be a, a citizen of any country right now, because the stakes are high. It's no surprise, I would imagine, that I am not the biggest fan of Donald J. Trump, because I am a fan of Star Trek. And although, you know, politics, you know, there's a wide array of thought and belief, I think as a general rule, if you're into Star Trek, you're probably not into most of the rhetoric that is espoused by Mr. Trump. I've received a few emails from Trump supporters that listen to the show. You know, everybody's entitled to their weird and incorrect opinion. Um, but I, I, I surmise that they are very much the minority. And um, I'm not going to lecture you because, uh, listen, if you're wise enough to listen to this show, take a deep breath and read up about the guy. Watch the videos. I'm not saying you have to be the world's biggest Hillary Clinton fan. She's certainly not the ideal candidate. Nobody is the ideal candidate. But, uh, you know... Um, Eh, you know, I know a lot of it is where you live. Listen, I don't believe in the whole red state nonsense, you know. If you live in Mississippi or Georgia or Alabama, that doesn't mean that you suddenly have to uh, like a guy like Donald Trump. Think for yourself. That's all I'm saying. Uh, anyway, it's not just me that's saying it. This was a big week because, seemingly out of nowhere, there was a uh, social media blitz on behalf of many of our beloved Star Trek alum. Just sort of out of nowhere, a Facebook and Twitter campaign began called Trek Not Trump, Trek Against Trump. And suddenly, most of, not all of, but most of our Star Trek alum, the actors, the creators, the producers, the writers, and also the crew members, were signing on to a very elaborate and um, well-written, I felt, mission statement, which you can find on Facebook. If you throw Trek Against Trump into Facebook in the search bar, you'll find it. Very easy to find. And it was also written about in many um, news outlets, big news outlets, like uh, Hollywood Reporter and Mashable. And I want to say um, those are the two that I noticed. But I would imagine that also just like the news wires, like uh, Reuters and whatnot, picked it up as well. Anyhow, um, when I saw this, I said, you know what? Enough pussyfooting around. This is the Star Trek podcast. And if 92% of uh, the Star Trek alum and future people, uh, Brian Fuller was one of... Well, actually, Brian, what am I talking about? Brian Fuller is a Star Trek alum. That's why he's the perfect guy to run the new show. Um... If so many of our Star Trek creators are doing this, let's focus on it for an episode. And what we did was, with a little bit of uh, emailing, we got a hold of the people that were behind the campaign. And, and this is a, it's not a secret who's behind the campaign, but he's not making it the star of the show. It was actually Armin Shimmerman that got the ball rolling. And um, if you really search hard on Twitter, you'll find that he has said this, but... Uh, it's not like he said, Armin Shimmerman presents. 
But uh, it was Armin Shimmerman who started it, and we were able to track him down. It was kind of funny because we had just talked, uh, had Armin Shimmerman on the show, and I was thinking, oh, good, we got Armin on, and now we, you know, we'll, we'll get him back in a year or so. But uh, we've got him on twice, and Armin has a um, uh, 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 um, what did I call? It? In the interview, I referred to it as the Bonnie to his Clyde, a fellow by the name of James J. Stoby, who is a blogger and um, writer and. Uh, is helping him with the campaign as well. So, uh, you know what? We're going to let those two guys talk about it on their own. And I spoke to them via the phone the other day, and um, today is now a few days later, because as I suspected, there are even more people uh, that were not on the original list. It was all put together rather quickly, and then once the campaign caught on, other people were like, whoa, 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 me too. You know, I'm... I'd like to be involved in that. So, and it's people from the new movies, Chris Pine, Zach Quinto, John Cho, as well as, um, you know, go, you know, Walter, from Walter Koenig to John Cho. I mean, the full, the full gamut of the actors and, um, and all the shows are in there too. So that's cool. Um, other Star Trek news, just uh, to let you know, as, as we are gearing up for Discovery, a couple of weeks ago, I interviewed Dayton Ward, right? And we talked about the Star Trek legacies trilogy of novels and i was like the new ones the 50th anniversary novels and i said oh my god i gotta read these they sound good so i bought all three at once and i read the first one greg cox's captain to captain in like two sittings it's so good it's 350 pages and i blazed through it and i just started book two which is uh david max entry so i bring this up because I'm very honest about the Star Trek novels. When they're great, they're great. They're not always great. But when they're great, they're great. And lately, they've been all pretty good. But this new trilogy, at least book one and the first 45 pages of book two, is awesome. And it's available wherever paperbacks are sold, or your Kindle, or your Nook, or your Schnook, or whatever you use. It's called uh, Star Trek Legacies. They all three just came out this summer. And I'm just getting around to them now. And the first one, Captain and Captain, is great. It's all based on number one. Number one is the lead character. Number one from The Cage, Majel Barrett's character. And you learn so much about her. It's so great. And um, But uh, there's plenty of Kirk, uh, Kirk, Spock, and Bones, too. Don't worry. Okay, so that's what's going on. Uh, a relatively serious episode. And you know, listen, if you're going to send me angry emails about everything we talk about on this episode, do what you got to do. I can take it. Send me your emails. Maybe you disagree with Armin and I and Jay talk about. That's cool. But if you do agree, and I think most of you will, I think what you'll discover is that you feel it's a little bit, I mean, oh man, this, this, this election is bringing us all down. I feel like I've had a headache for three months. So it's good to know that other people feel the same way you do. That's that's the that's the least we can all do is kind of band together and band together and kvetch as one. So with that, let's kick it back to a few days and my interview over the phone with uh, Jay and Armin. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. 
Welcome back to Engage, the official Star Trek podcast with your host, Jordan Hoffman. You are, after all, irrational. Okay, so we are back, and, um, you know, when this show started, only in June... You know, it was always my intention to kind of check in with some of my favorite Star Trek alumni from time to time, and then we would talk to somebody, and then, you know, we would let that person alone until we nudged them again, maybe a year down the line. But even though we just had Armin Shimmerman on the show recently, when we did the live podcast from the New York uh, Mission New York convention at the Jacob Javits Center, some news broke. Something important happened. So I said, dash my plans. I think it's important that we speak to Armin again, because if you heard, if you were on the internet the last few days, you probably saw a viral sensation cause about something important called Trek Against Trump. And what um, Trek Against Trump was uh, is a collective and... Um, you know, it's not one particular person, but if you sniff around and do a little digging, you'll find that it takes one man to make that first step. And the person who instigated was, in fact, Armin Shimmerman, who is on the phone with me today. Hello, Armin. Hello. Hello. Yes. Uh, thank you for that. And Armin has a, uh, a partner in crime, a, a Bonnie to his Clyde, uh, a blogger and uh, social media activist, Mr. Jay Stoby, who is checking in as well. Hello, Jay. Hi, how are you? I'm glad to be Bonnie. Awesome. So, I guess the first question I have for you guys both is, when did this idea hit, and how long did it take you to make this happen? Because it was yesterday, Thursday, September 29th, when the internet just sort of exploded all at once in a very concerted effort to say, look, here are the makers of Star Trek. Not the corporate ownership. They were very, very clear about that. It does not represent CBS or Paramount, but it represents a slew of people who are the creators and actors and designers of Star Trek that are all saying... And not just the actors and designers and the creators, but also the crew people as well. That's very important. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, pretty much everybody from Soup to Nuts saying, listen, we didn't do Trek against Romney, but we're doing Trek against Trump. So I'm wondering when the idea hit and um, how, how quickly it all came together. Well, I will answer that. Um, I would say it was probably about a week ago. Um, I had been thinking about it for a while. In, in fact, uh, there was a lot of political talk amongst us while we were in New York at the Javits Center. And um, as I watched the news and saw the polls about the two candidates getting closer and closer, uh, uh, nearer and nearer as far as votes was concerned. Um, I thought that it would be a very good idea to speak to millennials, to speak to fans of the show um, about our feelings. And I had gotten a general consensus from everybody in New York, and as I called people when I came home from New York, uh, everyone was sort of on the same page. So um, about a week ago was when I just started, started to... Um, to ask people, call people, get their opinions. And then it moved, uh, if I may say it, at warp speed, and uh, and people just immediately said, yes, add my name to the list. Uh, during that time, we created the statement, and that took several people uh, to write that up. Uh, everything that we've done from soup to nuts has been teamwork. And uh, it's not about one person. It's really about everybody working together as a community. 
And um, it did look like, and, and Jay, maybe you could speak to this, it did look like there had been some, some preparation. It wasn't just, when, when the Facebook page and the Twitter page launched, it was if you follow a lot of Star Trek alum on uh, social media, as I do, it was like a switch went off. Uh, it was something from something from Marina, something from Renee, something from uh, you know a number of other people from Brian Fuller. Sort of all happened at once. I imagine that was something that was uh, not coincidental. Correct? Right, right. That's that's correct. We, we definitely wanted to make sure there was a concerted uh, social media push that um, everybody kind of announced it all. Once we had up the statement that we wanted everybody to, when they had time, obviously uh, uh, posted. And fortunately. Uh, a lot of the people were able to do do so fairly quickly, um, so that was definitely definitely part of the the, uh, the plan that we put together. Yeah. Now I'm I didn't spend too much time reading the comments on Facebook because that, as we know, is is the road to Graythor to read too many comments <laughs> on Facebook. But you know, one of the ones up top, and it's one that you might expect, says somebody who wasn't too thrilled, wrote, "quote uh, I love it." when actors take themselves so seriously that they think their opinion matters. Which is clearly the opinion of someone who does not understand democracy or the whole point of free speech. But even though it's kind of a, a low-hanging fruit, Armin, you're an actor. Why does your opinion matter? Everyone's opinion matters, um, no matter who you are. Um, it's just the luck of the draw that sometimes celebrities get um, more focus than others. Which is why uh, I was insistent before that it's not just the celebrities who who have stood behind this statement, but the the people who worked on the sets as well, the people who've written books, the people who have done artwork, um, the people that aren't necessarily celebrities. The celebrities are what get people's attention, but we have 80 names up there plus, and it's not just the celebrities. It's it's the people who stood behind Star Trek, the people that helped make Star Trek what it is, not just the actors, not just the creators, uh, but the people who work day-to-day on the shows and on the other projects as well. Um, so the, the other question is, um, you know, what is it about Star Trek that you feel makes this appropriate? I mean, and, you know, it's like you said, it's not just the, the actors, it's everybody who worked on it for years and years. It's a lot of the writers, I mean, a lot of the showrunners, I mean, you know, uh, I can I can go down the list of of the notables uh, from behind you know J.J. Abrams, Iris Stephen Bear, Rick Berman. Uh, you pretty much got everybody that you would expect. Um, uh, Brandon Bragg is on here, and of course Brian Fuller, uh, who are the ones who are creating the show from a creative point of view. Uh, you know what is it do you think makes this show Star Trek one where people who are involved on a day to day basis can't just shut up about this particular election. Well, I, I think this. I, I, I think the show has always aspired to the common good um, of all people. And, and we, inspire, we aspire to, to universal inclusion. And when someone like Trump uh, represents the opposite of that, I think all of us say it's time to speak up. And, um, you know, one, one question that, uh, 
you know, when you look at a list and you can, you know, it's pretty much every major player involved in Star Trek is is on there. And one thing that people immediately notice they want to point out is, well, so-and-so isn't on the list. So I just wanted to, and I want to frame this carefully, not everybody feels comfortable discussing their politics in public. You know, some people... That's correct. Some people, not everyone... No, not, not everyone agrees with the statement. Sure. Uh, I mean, I have a number of friends who are who are not on the list because uh, they don't necessarily agree with the statement, or they feel that because of their background, um, they they don't want to get involved in American politics. Sure. Okay. That, well, what I wanted to do was talk about, uh, you know, to, to give people the benefit of the doubt and, and say there's no guilt by omission here. If somebody's no, not on there. Of course not. The important part is, as I said earlier, and which I'll stand behind, is that everyone is entitled to speak. Everyone is entitled to their opinion. If you don't agree with our statement, that's your choice, of course, and we, we respect that choice. Uh, because the, the statement is about inclusion. And uh, whether you agree or disagree, whether you think we're right or wrong, uh, everyone has the right, as you put very eloquently, in this democracy to speak up. We thought it was time for us, to, as a group, to speak up, because as a group, uh, we have more clout. Star Trek has always been about teamwork. Yeah. And, and I thought teamwork would, 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 would work best. I do love that and you it's about, And again, it's about inclusion. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to um, denigrate the, the high flyers in the Star Trek franchise, but I want to say that it's not just them, but also a, a people who, who never get any uh, publicity about working on the show. Many of them worked for decades, really, on the show. You're talking about crew people and, and that's right people and some designers I mean yeah. some of the designers worked on several Star Trek shows TV shows and movies um, and those are people that you you rarely hear from well those people wanted to speak up as well great and this gives them an opportunity to do so one, one thing that I really liked because you mentioned some people felt it wasn't appropriate because of the election because they weren't American you do have some non-Americans. You got Bruce Greenwood, a Canadian, and Simon Pegg, a Brit. Because this is, to an extent, this is an international issue. I mean, America is right. uh, America is the leader of the free world. What we do will affect the countries, the alliances that we have. One of the politicians is uh, pro-NATO, and the other one is a little less pro-NATO. <laughs> um, and so, if America goes a certain way, it affects NATO. It affects Europe. It, it affects the rest of the world. So. Um, uh, we're again inclusive. It's an inclusive project. Um, we some of the people who are not American citizens felt that they too had to speak up. Yeah. Um, so about Donald Trump specifically, I'm not afraid to to, to let's really dig into this. W what is it about him? And this is you know you're not speaking on behalf of the group now, and this is for both of you. What is it about Donald Trump that frightens you the most? Well, he's made lots of comments that are not inclusive. He's he said things about immigrants that are impossible to accept. He said thing he said things about um, about minority groups that is impossible to accept. We look at his background and we think he's he's less than qualified to be the president of the United States. He's not qualified. He's never been in politics before, which is a plus for his campaign, but it is a negative for the country. Um, if I'm going to get surgery done on myself, I'm not going to go to someone who's never done this surgery before. Um, and so uh, for me, primarily, he's an amateur. 
Um, and and as an amateur, uh, I can't stand behind him. I, I also can't stand behind some of the things that, that he has said um, as far as his opinions. Yeah. And again, thank you for saying that. I speak for myself. I don't speak for the group. Right, right. But, um, you know, some would say, well, listen, this is the United States. There's a checks and balance system. He's not if, if he does get elected and knock wood, he does not. Uh, but if he does get elected, he can't just change laws like like willy-nilly there's a there's there's a legislature well there are certain executive actions that the presidency can take uh, obama did that and uh, and people got upset with that but more importantly than any of that he has the ability to choose supreme court judges uh, uh. Just, justices and of course the congress uh, the senate i believe um has to advise and consent and vote on that but um he could change the course of america for 40 years or more, let's say 50 years, since it's our 50th anniversary, <laughs> 50 years or more, and um, and we don't want that. Also, a president doesn't serve by him or herself. When he moves into the White House, he selects people to work in various departments, various agencies. Um, those people in the administration uh, are chosen by that mindset, and, uh, and I'm against those choices as well as the presidency itself. Um, you know, uh, the show that you were on specifically, Deep Space Nine, dealt a lot with uh, what what I think it was Henry Kissinger termed real politic, which is, you know, we have ideals, but then we got to deal with what's in front That's of right. us. So I think... Practicality a l- with practicality. Practicality. Um, I think what appeals to many Trump voters uh, is... You know, it's what he, what you know what he always says. I'm doing away with political correctness, and his quote is, "We have to get tough. We have to get tough." And uh, you know, there there are incidents of uh, you know of terrorism in this country. I think I think it gets a, a share of um, the, you know the spotlight that's maybe disproportionate to its actual uh, appearance, uh, but it does exist. And I'm and that's one of the main things that Trump is running on. I'm wondering. What you think? Uh, what you think? Um, and a lot of people assume that if Clinton were to be elected, it would be a continuation in many regards to what the Obama administration is like. So I'm wondering if you think any changes need to be made on that core issue, which is the one that Trump keeps hammering. It's kind of the central issue to his campaign. Um, right. Does he have About a point that order and and uh, and keeping the the nation safe? Correct. Well, I give credit to the various agencies around our country, the Homeland Protection Agency, and and, um, I think I've said that right, uh, FBI, that have been doing a very good job over the course of the the last, um, since 9-11, about trying to keep us safe. The problem is, um, and a quote that everyone has heard a thousand times, these people have to get it right all the time, whereas terrorists only have to get it right once. Um, I think they're very, doing a good job. And he hasn't told us, the, the, Donald Trump has not told us, what are his plans, what are his policies for making the country safer. He's only said, we've got to get tough and I'm, I'm going to be able to protect you. Right. Um, really? Tell me how. Tell me how. And if you convince me, Perhaps you can change my mind, but as yet, all I've heard is bombast. I haven't heard policy. Yeah, he speaks in a lot of sound bites because he was, you know, raised on reality television, and I think, uh, 
you know, his plan is to just blow the shit out of people, I would imagine, which does not always work. In fact, right. can well, frequently he, lead to blowback. So. Right. He, he speaks about, his opinion was that it was a mistake to go into Iraq. Good, bad, or indifferent, that's his opinion. Um, but what he's saying is, if he, if he sees a, a country that is a bad player, that perhaps we just go in and blow them up. Well, is that not the same as Iraq? <laughs> Is that not the same? So, so um, I need to hear policy. I need to hear what the specifics are. He says, "Well, uh, if we if I do that, I'm giving away the information to the enemy." Yes, I suppose that there's some truth to that. But on the other hand, I'm not going to vote for a pig and a poke. Yeah. Now, there's also um, Armin. I think, like like I am, you are you are Jewish, correct? That's correct. Yeah. Okay, so um, a lot of his rhetoric about Muslims uh, is very reminiscent of uh, '30s ideology toward Jews. Does that put a particular fear in you? It does. My family was decimated by the Holocaust. I am a first-generation American. Uh, my father was born in Europe. Um, he lost all of his family: my grandfather, my uncles, my aunts. Um, yes, that puts a particular fear into me, but uh, I will say that many of the people that have signed on along with me don't have that background, Yeah, but I think they feel the same way. Now, there's the old, you know, it can happen here. Uh, That's right. But, um, yeah. but it can. Yeah. It can, and, and we, are, we put out that statement to try to make sure that it doesn't happen here. Yeah. Yeah, um, you. The last time we spoke in New York, uh, it was it was with a, an air of levity. But you started quoting Shakespeare because you are a, a learned man and a scholar and, and a Shakespearean, and the words they they sprung from your tongue in a delightful way. When Donald Trump speaks, and if you ever have had the misfortune of reading a transcript of one of his off the cuff speeches, it's sentence fragments sentence fragments at a second grade reading level. Does that bother you on a personal level? Does this drive you nuts and make you tear your hair out? Uh, no. First of all, I have no hair to tear out, so uh, <laughs> no, it doesn't. Um, two, everyone has different skills. Some people are natural orators. Some aren't. Um, how people speak is only one way to define what people are. Oh, you are such a um, better person than I am. Uh, <laughs> You're so kind. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to uh, fault anyone for how they speak. Again, because I'm first generation American, my father spoke haltingly, um, but he had very good ideas. Um, he didn't always put sentences together in the correct rhetorical, grammatical fashion. Um, so no, that that is not something that bothers me. Okay, I, you know I like that. That's that's a that's an optimistic way. If if he chooses or is only able to communicate in his sentence fragments and grunts and shrugs and grimaces and those little simpering phrases he uses. And, I shouldn't hold that against him. Much more than sentences. I am an actor. Every actor knows it's not just about saying the words, it's also about reacting to what you're hearing. Um, that's what we call reaction shots. Yeah. And reaction shots sometimes can be as important, if not more important, than when you're actually speaking on camera. It, it's watching that that is enormously eloquent. Um, and we've just watched the debate. We've seen a lot of his lack of elegance in that matter. And um, that speaks to me more. 
when you uh, guys were putting this uh, Facebook page together, what were, um, if there were any particular uh, reactions from some of your colleagues, like an, oh, thank God, I was hoping somebody would do this, or I was thinking about doing this too? Were there any stories like that you can share? Um, almost all of them, to a man or a woman, um, said something like, like, thank God you're doing this, or I'm on board, or count me in, or absolutely. Um, most, uh, all the people who signed, of course, um, were, felt that way. Um, I, I, I think they were a little surprised that I was putting this together, and so um, their immediate reaction was enthusiasm. Um, but I don't think they said, oh, why hasn't this happened before all that much? One or two might have said that. Yeah. But um, I, I think everybody, as I said, felt the same we did and was all f- fearful of, of what America might look like with a Trump presidency. I think it was Brian Fuller who tweeted um, a picture of Trump and then a picture of Spock. And said, if we if we do the first, we won't. We'll never get to the second. It's not the same. The ideology of Trump could never lead to the ideology of Gene Roddenberry, which was exploration and um, and inclusion. Yeah, and, and inclusion. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, I agree with Brian, um, and I agree with you that th- those those are absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, not that uh, you know. I mean, you know, Kirk was uh, a Kennedy esque figure, and not that Kennedy was flawless, but. Uh, it wasn't no, no, and that's that's important to say. No. no candidate is flawless. If we're waiting for the perfect candidate to show up, we we will never vote, and that's wrong. We cannot wait for the perfect candidate. We have to make a choice. That's why I, I say in the piece that one of these two people are going to be in the White House. Yeah, it's illogical to think otherwise. Um, so. I understand the validity of a third-party candidacy, but the practicality of it is that great to hear their discussion, great to hear their points of view, but in the end, they're not going to occupy the White House. So it's really a choice between two people, and and all of us who signed on, all the, all the people that agree with us, uh, know that um, it's going to be one of the two, and we would prefer to see uh, Hillary over Trump. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's funny. You mentioned no candidate is perfect. I mean, uh, no season of Star Trek uh, is, is, is all winners. There's always one or two clunkers per season. No, uh, when you go see your favorite band in concert, there's always one number where they screw up a little bit. It's not, uh, you know, you, you, you do have to take things holistically, so uh, in, in, in total. Exactly. And, and though, and though I'm, I'm trying to speak for all of Trek, uh, I come from Deep Space Nine primarily, although I was on the two other shows briefly. Um, and, and of the shows, uh, Deep Space Nine dealt with the, with the um, faults of the main characters, perhaps more than the other shows did. So uh, nobody, in my mind, is either black or white in the sense that they're all good or they're all bad. Um, there's always a mixture of the two. And we, we have to accept people with their faults and, and with their fortes, and, and we have to decide, do I like this person or I don't, even though I see some of their faults, even though I don't agree with some of their opinions. Well, um, I, think, uh, I think that just about covers it. What we're, uh, you know, there was a lot of uh, media attention when this thing uh, kicked off yesterday, which is good. Uh, what is the next step? Um, you've, you've, you guys have made 
your initial uh, statement. It's uh, accruing more and more Facebook followers and Twitter followers day by day. Um, is that just it? You plant your flag and you move on, or is there a, a, a strategy to continue the dialogue in some way? Well, at this point, there is no strategy. I, I sort of equate what we've done to, let's say, what USA Today did yesterday. Um, USA Today is a newspaper that, in its 34 years of existence, never uh, made a choice about presidential candidates. And, uh, but they felt strongly yesterday, and they, and they printed out uh, a pro-Hillary statement in the USA Today. And it speaks for itself. It, uh, they don't necessarily need to campaign anymore or advocate anymore. They said, this is our opinion. Uh, we're telling the world what our opinion is. Now it's up to, to you guys to either agree or disagree with that opinion. I, I equate what we've done to that. We're not only advocating – let me change the subject just slightly. We're not only advocating a presidential candidate. The latter part of our statement, which hasn't gotten any attention at all, which I think is almost as important, which is we're advocating the people register and vote. Do your civic duty. Go out and don't and 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 do what, but with what some countries in this world would would beg to do, to have the ability to have a free election. But you can't you can't vote unless you register. So we're advocating that people go out and register, and once they've registered, to do their civic duty. So th does anything happen after this? Um, right now, I don't know what that is. Um, no one has reached out to me to say, Armin, what do we do next, except for yourself, perhaps? And uh, I think the statement says what it says. And, and now everybody goes on their own journey, and using social media, they will advocate what they believe, what, what they think. They will put forth their statements. They will use our statement as a platform to jump off of, um, and it will have a life of its own. But, but it was important, I think, to let the world know where we stood, only in as much as a group of people standing together could make a better platform than one person speaking by themselves. Yeah. And uh, just uh, in, in the final uh, paragraph of the uh, statement, uh, there's a link, uh, which is easy to remember. It says rockthevote.com. You go to Rock the Vote, and it tells you where, depending on where you live, where you can register. And, and the statement does say, have you just turned 18? Have you never voted before? Did you just move? These are all complicated issues because our system has some kinks in it. So if you go to Rock the Vote and answer the questions, it'll it'll get you set up and then... And then you can go from there. Um, and some places you can even vote early and all sorts of things. So all well, right now, Iowa is voting early. Um, they're, they're early Iowa, that's Dallas. where Captain Kirk is from. That's perfect. Exactly, exactly. Hmm. I actually tweeted that uh, yesterday. Hmm. Um, uh, so you can, you can vote now in Iowa. And certainly, I believe within, within a week, I believe there are a number of states that open up their early ballots. So people, but you can't vote unless you register. And, and once you've registered, you, you have to vote. You can't sit home. Um, no matter how you vote, you can't sit home. You have to do your civic responsibility. We're asked um, every other year to vote. And it's not just about presidential candidates. It's also about senators, um, House of Representatives, 
local ballots measures in California. We oh, absolutely. Have, uh, state measures. But one thing that I think state. it's one thing I think is important, Armin, and I think it's it's part of what this whole conversation is about. For most down ticket voting, wherever you may live in the U.S., it's a little bit business as usual. Like I said, there was never a Trump, a Trump uh, trek against Romney. I That's think right. with Trump, it's a different ball of wax. It's not. We a- don't see him as qualified. Romney, I didn't vote for Romney, um, but but I wouldn't have asked my friends to stand up against Romney. Romney was a qualified politician, yeah. hmm. as you said earlier. Uh, you, you move into the White House and you and you bring people with you, and 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 there's a little bit of the status quo, no matter who you vote for. We didn't see that in this particular candidacy, and that's why no, we've never done this before. It's 50 years of Star Trek, and we've never done this before. But in this particular case, we thought we could not stand by and and watch this happen without our opinion being known. Great. And, and Jay, you're, you're monitoring the uh, Trek Not Trump Twitter account and interacting with people, correct? Uh, yes, uh, I'm, I'm monitoring it mostly. Uh, I, I don't want to, uh, as far as interacting with people, we, we really don't. Uh, since, since Trek Not Trump, or um, yeah, since Trek Not Trump and the Trek Against Trump yeah. uh, hashtag has, has been kind of used as, as for the group, um, I don't really want to say anything on, on the Twitter as far as, you know, specific opinions. You don't want to give advocacy, but, but, but you should make some jokes because, uh, you know, it's always fun oh, to make right. jokes on, on oh, social of course, media. Of course. <laughs> I, and I find myself hilarious. So, uh, <laughs> and he is. He's yeah. very funny. Yeah. All right, cool. So just, again, if you're interested in taking a look at the statement, it's facebook.com slash Trek Against Trump Official. All one word, Trek Against Trump Official. And on Twitter... It's twitter.com slash Trek Not Trump. It's a little bit different, but that's the way these games work. And um, yeah, I mean, listen, we can all. Before I go, I want to yeah. say Jay is enormously instrumental about setting that up. His expertise was essential. And, and um, I don't know how he got to me, but I'm so thankful that he did. It's rather a miracle. He, he sort of came up. Didn't come up with necessarily with the idea, but he did offer to help no matter what it is we wanted to do. And it turns out when I thought about this a couple of days later, I realized that uh, Jay had very nicely put in a communication with my wife, offering help for anything. And and there he was, and and he has been enormously helpful for this. This this whole project. Uh, could not have happened without his expertise. Terrific. And by the way, I'm looking at the Facebook page right now, and it does say very prominently, Trek Against Trump is not endorsed, sponsored, affiliated with CBS Incorp Studios, Paramount, or the Star Trek franchise. But then your eye moves to the left, and you see that pretty much every writer, producer, and director, and star of the show is involved, and you draw your own conclusions. How does that sound? That's great. We are (laughs) continuing to get people from Trek who are getting in touch with us and saying, please add my name oh, to great. the list, which we intend to do uh, periodically uh, as people write in. Um, so we, we right now we have 80-plus names, uh, probably 90 at this point, 90-plus names uh, on our list, but there are dozens more who are waiting in the wings. And uh, when uh, we can, we will add them to the list. Great, great. Well, you know what? It's funny. I'm, we're recording this today just 
less than 24 hours after the thing launched, but this uh, episode won't air for a few more days, and I would imagine that by the time this airs, there will be additional names to the list. So that's, that's I great. imagine so, yeah. Great. All right, well, listen, thanks again for all your hard work, and Armin, we'll see you next time we see you, and Jay, thanks again for checking in. And um, uh, Armin, where are you off to? You're, you're flying somewhere to, to go work on a new project? Yes, this Is that... week, uh, I, I believe it's Wednesday or Thursday. I'm probably Wednesday. I'm going off to England. There's a, a major Star Trek convention in Birmingham, and in fact, uh, Birmingham, England. Right. And um, we are. Uh, I'll see a lot of my friends there. I'm sure what we've been talking about will be discussed in the green room. Um, and I know that I should also point out that there are other members of of the franchise who want to do other things like this, and there are other there are other plans to to advocate um, for uh, or advocate for Hillary. And um, I think actually something like this will happen in Birmingham, um, which is being headed by by one of the Star Trek actors. Uh, so I, I'm. You ask what happens next. Nothing happens next that I know of for, for Trek against Trump. But there may be other members of the franchise stepping forth with their own projects. Great. Well, keep me in the loop, and 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 we'll see. And have a good time over in England. I will not be there. Uh, I was there two years ago at the London convention. The same company is doing it, and it's, it's a great deal of fun. So, um, well, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, the people in England are terrific, and uh, you know, I think, if I may, one last comment. Um, we all watched the Brexit vote in England, where all the experts said this will never happen. They'll never vote for Brexit, and it did happen. And I think that too played into my fear about a Trump candidacy. We we're all told we were told earlier on in the year, oh, Trump will, will never be able to be president of the United States. And as I said earlier at the very top, as the polls got closer and closer, you know what? This could be another Brexit. Oh yeah. Remember Jeb Bush? He was supposed to win, right? That's Jeb right. Bush That's or right. remember Rick Perry and who was that right. knucklehead from Wisconsin? Uh, Scott Walker, right? All these guys. They were supposed to destroy Trump and uh it yeah. So, 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 so you're so we're being active. Good, it was time for people of goodwill to step forward and say something, um, and that's what we did. Excellent. Well, thank you for being active. Thanks to both of you for making this happen, and thanks for lowering the blood pressure of a lot of Star Trek fans who like to see the people that we love for creating the franchise that we love taking a stand uh, on a like-minded issue. I mean, sure, there are definitely a few Star Trek fans out there that are planning to vote for Trump. I know because I've heard from them. They've contacted me, and there's nothing I can do about that. But I would say oh, you know, 96% of Star Trek fans are not a fan of Donald Trump, and uh, we 96% uh, have a little, are a little lighter in our step today because of your actions. So thanks for that. Thank you. We'll All right. Talk to each other soon. Okay. Take care. Ah, bye bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.